Welcome back for another episode. Today, I am greatly excited to bring to all of you the story of Amobi Akugo. Beginning his career at UCLA, Amobi aimed to gain the best of both worlds by pursuing a professional career in conjunction with attaining a reputable education to set up his future. Leaving UCLA after his freshman year for Major League Soccer, Akugo continued to gain post-career skills through classes which he took alongside his playing career, ultimately obtaining a degree. Amobi has since started his brand, A Frugal Athlete, to promote awareness about financial literacy for athletes. Thank you to Amobi Akugo for his valuable insight and enjoy learning how he experienced a successful transition into life after sport. All right, so Amobi, as you know, this is an episode which focuses on retirement and the transition into retirement following a professional career in soccer. But for you, I'd really like to understand how you got into soccer in the first place, particularly in where a lot of our focus is going to be directed today in the college education-oriented world. So, Amobi, discuss with me a little bit about your your decision to play soccer at UCLA and a little bit of what that experience was like as that became an option for you. Yeah, so specifically as it pertains to like picking soccer um, or picking to go to school at UCLA to play soccer and, you know, pursue my education, it was the closest school that was the farthest away from my family. So uh, I had the fortunate pleasure of, you know, playing at a high level at a young age, uh, which led me to travel all around the world. I, I moved to Florida for the U-17 national team program. So when it was time to pick a school, my parents were like, you're staying in California. You have to be close to the family. And um, UCLA was at the time. I mean, it was the best of both worlds. You got education, you got a you know great sports program, great sports history, and then just a beautiful campus. So that's what really enticed me. But also, it was uh, a little bit of freedom that I was you know close enough to be near my parents and my siblings if they needed you know if anything were to happen, but also far enough to like you know spread my wings or continue spreading my wings because I had a I had a small taste of you know living on my own. No, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it sheds a lot of light on what that college selection process can be like for a lot of athletes. Now, in in your case specifically, how important was it for you to have access to education as you pursued an athletic career in conjunction with that? Oh, it was everything. You know, growing up first generation Nigerian American, uh, my parents value education. That's the top that's the top of the pyramid. So sports is just uh, a vehicle to get your education, whether it's directly through school or indirectly through the lessons that you learn from sport. So um, it was all about using soccer specifically as a way to increase my education. So I was able to get a full ride and, um, you know, go to UCLA, which is a top program. It's not Ivy League, but my parents would have liked, but it's a top program. And um, I was very fortunate. So yeah, education is everything as it pertains to at least my family. Right, of course. And, you know, I can I can definitely relate to that. And I respect that a lot. I think a wonderful part about college here in the United States is that it offers that opportunity to pursue both. And, and education is incredibly valuable toward pursuing a myriad of different opportunities and careers. But of course, in your case, specifically, you did have that opportunity to play professionally, which presented itself early on in your college career. Am I mistaken? No, no, you're exactly right, which is which makes the whole thing funny. Like, uh, my my college coach jokes he like he's like he recruited me for three years and I only gave him three months so like that was like (laughs) the joke at the time but uh I was blessed with the situation to like leave school early but also continue my education 
through the Generation Adidas program, which was uh, a program led by Adidas and MLS to incentivize young uh, underclassmen to go pro. And, you know, after weighing all the options, you know, my parents dissecting the, the deals, like worst case scenarios, I was able to convince them to let me go pro as long as I continue my education while playing instead of waiting after you're done and, you know, trying to figure it out. They're like, you add, they're adamant about me pursuing my education while I was playing professionally. That's something that I promised, not only for them, but for me as well. And uh, we were able to, to get it done, get it done. No, that's excellent. And you mentioned, I apologize. I don't remember the name, but that uh, gen, was a generation X Adidas. Oh, uh, so yes, you- the generation Adidas contract. Okay. Would you mind describing to me a little bit more about just what that was specifically? This is something I I'm new uh, to learn about. So I'd like to know just a little bit about how that worked and and what that experience was like, maybe balancing the education alongside a career. Yeah. So essentially uh, Adidas and MLS came together because Adidas is um, MLS's like main sponsor right. um, to incentivize young underclassmen, you know, young top prospects to leave school early to play professionally. Um, in the United States, because we have college as an option, that 17 to 23 gap, that's where we lose a lot of that development years, or so they say, because of um, college is only, you know, four months, whereas around the world, they're playing year in, year out. Right, absolutely. Yeah. So that was the uh, process and thinking behind the Generation Adidas Initiative. And I was part of uh, my class that was able to, you know, be selected as a Generation Adidas member. Um, because, you know, in American culture, education is a big moment or a big thing. So that was a way to incentivize young players to leave. Like we're going to still, you're going to have a a reimbursement or a stipend or an allotment, however you worked it out, however you were able to negotiate your contract um, for your, for your school. So fortunately for me, because I left after my freshman year, because I left uh, such a, a great school like UCLA, I was able to negotiate things on my terms. And um, where it made sense for me to, you know, pursue a professional soccer career. No, that's excellent stuff. I'm glad you mentioned that first off, because I I wasn't aware about it. But secondly, because this is something which I really, you know, stress in the core of this episode is it really sounds like it brings together the best of both worlds. Sounds like something that it was it was really it was really timely. It all happened so fast. But in order in order for me to go pro, that was the only way it was going to be possible. Unless yeah. I had a crazy, crazy deal. And um, while my deal was good, it wasn't crazy, crazy. So uh, the education point was a big piece. And now I was looking through your LinkedIn recently, and I, I discovered the crossover into business program and a similar program for professional athletes at Columbia as well. Could you discuss with me a little bit about what motivated you to get involved with those and then what you feel you gained out of engaging some of those programs? Oh, yeah. Uh, If you're not learning, you're not earning. So for me, um, after I finished my school, like I ended up getting my bachelor's, my master's, all that, um, I still had allotment left. And I was always eager to learn from, you know, like minded individuals or people that I could learn from. And those are programs that were available to athletes that I was aware of. um, And I proactively sought them out and um, took advantage of uh, of these opportunities. I, I learned so much, you know, how to look at deal flow how to navigate as an athlete, um, considering yourself, you're a business, um, different things like that, which uh, I'll definitely take into practice. I already have, and I can, I will continue to, as I develop. 
No, that sounds like very, very applicable skills, very transferable skills. And do you feel these are beneficial in allowing you to engage in the next part of your life following a professional soccer career? Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, definitely. It, uh, it, uh, it played a big role. It helped even while I was playing in terms of like negotiating contracts, um, you know, figuring out brand deals, starting my business. Uh, so it definitely opened my eyes to a lot of different things that I wasn't aware of before that I definitely uh, continue to apply to on a day basis, on a day-to-day basis, sorry. Right, no, that makes makes a lot of sense. And Amobi, the great part about having the opportunity to interview you is that you're a very versatile person. You're someone who's involved in a lot of different things. And something which stands out to me particularly is a frugal athlete. Can you just, for those who aren't aware, and for me as well, just remind us what the central purpose of a frugal athlete is and maybe how that process got started. No, most definitely. So a frugal athlete is essentially an online financial media platform that helps provide roadmaps to athletes to gain financial freedom and career clarity. Our goal is to help athletes make, manage, and multiply money through financial education and athlete empowerment. And that's basically what we do. So I'm sharing insights, content, curriculums, all to help the athlete, whether you're a student athlete, whether you're a professional current athlete, whether you're a retired athlete, um, to learn the principles that will help you gain financial clarity, freedom, and career um, career pr- principles as well. And with focus on, on finances particularly, do you feel there's a certain area where athletes who, who go broke? I think I'm, you mentioned in an article and in an interview I, I read with you that about 50% of athletes might even have the risk of going broke. Do you feel that there's a certain area in particular or, or just an overall mistake that leads to uh, the lack of financial security among athletes? No, I've, uh, there's not one thing. There's a combination of things, some that we can see clearly, some that are unseen. Um, when it comes to finances, a lot of it's around the behavior, the emotions um, that lead to a lot of mistakes that athletes make. And then last, the education. Um, and then also the, I hate to say the, the, the basic principles that simply athletes don't know. It would be asking, like expecting me to understand the principles of like fishing or like boating, like speed boat racing. Like I, right. I, I can't just come in and expect to do that. And a lot of athletes will come in 18, 19, 20 years old with boatloads of money with no previous jobs, um, recollection of how to handle money, bad advice because of the way they grew up in terms of lack of financial literacy. So it's an ongoing cycle. Um, but there, yeah, there's a number of different reasons um, from spending habits to bad investments to shady financial advisors to emotional blackmail. Uh, it, the, the, the list is endless. And hopefully with platforms like myself and others, we can start to change the narrative. And what would your advice be for for athletes to best prepare themselves for a life, both in their career and their years outside of it? Because at the end of the day, a a professional career is far from the entirety of an athlete's life. Yeah, I would say you got to use sports as a vehicle. So a lot of times people let sports drive them. And, you know, as as a professional athlete specifically, like you don't really have control of where you're playing, but you have to figure out a way to flip the script and drive sports to the places you want to go and if you can do that um because sports only last so long you know whether it's five years one year 10 years 15 years there's still a whole life to live 
And uh, you have to use sports as a vehicle to live the life that you want for the rest of your life. And Moby, in your personal experience, when did your plans for retirement begin to solidify themselves? Was it a process that came easily? Is it something that you had a general idea of what you wanted to do? Or was it something that evolved over time? Yeah, definitely evolved over time. I would say I was, uh, I, I was prepared right away. You know, my dad told me you're closer to the end of your career than the start of it. So that's something I took into account, got some things set up, you know, I immediately started my education, uh, set up, you know, my insurance and accounts and investments and things that I need to needed to do. Uh, and but as I continue to grow in my in my career, as I continue to learn more, always adjusted, always improved, always evolved, always developed. And it's only going to continue now that I'm in a new space. That's that's fascinating. And I appreciate your insight. I think in, in a lot of experiences where I've, I've interviewed people in the past, especially about this issue, which is, is being used for, for the episode I'm working on, there's been, not, I wouldn't describe it as a fear, but almost a stigma amongst athletes, particularly young athletes as well, who are still trying to, trying to grind, trying to make it, that if they begin planning for, and this is going to sound silly, but if they begin planning for a life outside of the game, that they're compromising their personal investment, their drive in their athletic career. How did yeah, you manage that's a, that's to... a great point that you make and yeah. it's something that's tough because when I was starting out playing pro it, it, the, the conversations that are being had around athletes and business moves are not were not at that level so I feel like people are starting to embrace it but at the end of the day you have to keep the main thing the main thing if you're not performing on the field you won't have an opportunity to at least use sports to do all these other things so in terms of priorities, you just had to rank them accordingly, but also you have to, you know, establish a team to help you, you know, whether it's right. a, a lawyer or agent or a social media person or an accountant, you can't do it all by yourself. You need to establish the team. The best, the best individuals have the best teams. You know, Michael Jordan wasn't Michael Jordan by himself. He had Phil Jackson, he had Scotty Pippen, he had Dennis Rodman, he had uh, Steve Kerr, Luke Longley, Ron Harper. Like uh, you can't go one against five. So as 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 a as an athlete, if you want to perform, you got it. You got to find the right people to help you and put you in place. Absolutely, I think that makes a lot of sense, and I think it it brings about that idea that it's not a one man show. It's a process that Never. that requires bringing in a lot of different people. Yeah, exactly. No, definitely. And and Amobi, you've you've had a good career. You've had a successful transition into retirement. What do you think can go wrong if people don't adequately plan for retirement after sports? Uh, I think the biggest thing is the identity. You know, you, you've lived your whole life working to this moment um, from five years old to play professional s- sports, well, in my case, soccer. And then it can go all the way like when you're not ready for it. So how are you identifying yourself outside of soccer? Soccer or sports is not who you are. It's what you do. Um, so you have to first find out who you are as a person, you know, your son, a brother, a husband, a wife, a friend, a daughter, a mother, you know, whatever, um, loyal, respectful. What are these things that you are as a person? And then from there, you got to find your skills. What do you think you're good at outside of soccer or sports? All right. What are you passionate about outside of sports? How can you marry the two to find something that you want to pursue, whether it's in the corporate space, whether it's entrepreneurship? whether it's in partnership, whatever that looks like, you got to find that out um, because a lot of athletes struggle with that. 
No, absolutely. I think that's a fantastic plan. I think it really emphasizes the idea that you have a well-rounded personality that shouldn't just depend on one base. You need to have multiple support systems that help to create who you are. Uh, would you agree? Facts. Got you. And now from what I've heard, it seems like you had a, a, a good program which helped to uh, provide you with the skills that allowed you to pursue other opportunities in, in business, finance, and all that. I've done a lot of discussions with, with people over in England in the academy system in you know, a, a system which is it's obviously very highly competitive and has support systems, but at the same time has also had many victims of a poor retirement plan or a loss of identity as a result of a very abrupt change in realities. Do you think that that clubs, leagues, or an outside support system, wherever it might come from, need to do more to ensure or at least encourage a successful transition from the game to retirement? Most definitely. I think they got to be honest, you know, let them know. You know you're, you're telling them all, everything that you can to get them to your academy squad. And sorry, you get into your academy squad and then not everyone from that academy is going to end up to the first team. So you got to be truly brutal and honest. And then outside of that, you got to provide development services for these for these athletes outside of just, you know, on the field. What programs are you getting them involved in outside to learn their skill sets outside of sport? How can you get them involved? Like there's no there's more pathways outside of sport than just coaching and scouting and you know, being on the front office uh, of a sports team, you know, and, and if you, if you're not helping expose that um, as, as a program or as a club, then you're not really doing your, your, your players justice. And I'd like to bring it a point further. Of course, you don't have to have an answer to this, but do you feel there's a method that will be most effective in serving athletes most effectively? Yeah. Make sure they tap in with the frugal athlete. <laughs> like that. If we work with these clubs, uh, we definitely figure out a way to do that. But in all seriousness, um, I think the way is, is you have to create uh, curriculums that fit not only the model of the, your club, but also the model of what you want to pursue um, as a as a club from a standpoint of what are some things that you can teach athletes right now that they would take not only to apply to their career if they make it, but after their career. So what does it look like? Transition services from the standpoint of job placement, identity, um, skill set, you know, assessments and figuring out what the, what are those things? Immersions, externships, internships. So they're exposed to different parts of not only the club, but also outside the club with corporate sponsors and different things like that. Um, I think it's a, it's a constant battle. Personal finance lessons, because now you have young kids making money. They want to spend it on the latest car or the latest designer. And I'm not going to say you shouldn't spend money on things that you want and things that you want to, but you have to be reasonable uh, from a long-term perspective. So what does that look like if there's not like a system or a curriculum or some teachings and methodologies to show them the way? No, 100%, man. And that's something that I obviously feel very, feel very strongly about. It's something which I hope to see implemented across leagues, across clubs, and, and become widely more popular. Amobi, I greatly appreciate you coming on here today. I think you are the epitome of someone who has taken the opportunity to pursue both a career and acquire necessary skills that have allowed you to become the success you are in your retirement. Is there uh, any advice so that appreciate you have? You. Is there any advice that you have? to conclude this episode to anyone who may be struggling with the process of retirement or 
is unaware of of how they might transition. So the only thing I say is fail forward. Yeah, fail forward. You know, continue to try stuff. Continue to pursue your passions with in alignment with your skill sets. Connect with people that are doing some good things, and um, you know, you will be successful at the end of the day. Thank you once again to Amobi Akugo for his contributions to this episode. In a career as competitive as professional sports, it is far too easy for athletes to struggle with the transition to life without the sport that provided them order and support for years on end. Amobi's success demonstrates the initiative which athletes often need to take to discover themselves post-retirement, yet reveals the possibilities that can be found with adequate retirement planning. Be on the lookout for future episodes, which will be released shortly, as Podcast from the Pitch continues to take a closer look at player care and the resources which exist for athletes entering an unprecedented phase of their lives.